right, everybody, welcome to the episode of UX Pathways. I am honored to be in the presence of John Yunker. John, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you, Mark. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining our podcast. Curious to understand, what is your current role? And what do you do at this point in, in I guess, the whole scheme of user experience? Well, I am co-founder of Bi-Level Research, which is a very niche consulting and research company uh, founded in 2000 with the very narrow focus of the art and science of website globalization. And that, that has expanded over the years, obviously, to take on mobile and, and, and just uh, you know any type of app, the globalization of anything, if you will. But uh, what I what I do as part of that job is I, I do a report, big report every year called the Web Globalization Report Card. And that has been out now for about 17 years. And that's a benchmarking report where I benchmark the world's leading global websites. And then I do a lot of consulting. <laughs> so and that's very, you know, unpredictable. It can be small companies, large companies, small projects, big projects. And I've written a number of books as well over the years. And, and those are the three core projects on an annual basis. That's great. Yeah, it sounds like you definitely have your hands in many places. And I guess the question that comes up is so how did you get into user experience in this, I guess, very niche, you know, specialization? That is a very good question. It, it certainly was not something I set out to do. I, I am ultimately a writer. So my, my undergrad was in journalism. And, and then from journalism, I went into marketing, copywriting. And then from copywriting, I went into design and then into web design and then web development. And so, and then, uh, I, you know, 20 years ago, I worked for a, a, a small translation company and I was doing marketing for the company. And at the time, you know, web globalization, the internet was still quite young. And so I, as part of my role as, as a marketing and salesperson, I actually helped win a few projects where we would localize websites. And we had no one, and I ended up project managing that. And then I realized, a, I, this is fascinating. I love it. I love culture, languages, and technology, and and the blending of all three of those. And of course, usability is is cuts through everything. And I I just realized that there's just this is a new profession, if you will. And and I wanted to study best practices and then share those best practices. And that's really what I've been doing ever since, you know, I, I ultimately consider myself a user advocate, but on a global and local basis. So, you know, there's, there's global usability, you know, internationalization, if you will, and then there's localization and then ultimately personalization. But so that, that's been my, um, been my focus and it's, uh, and it's, it's a very humbling and, uh, what I tell everyone is it's just a never ending journey because nobody, despite what they'll tell you, nobody speaks every language and understands every culture. And, and that's really why I love it is you will never stop learning. I'm continually learning new things. Yeah, that's some really good advice. And I know I've, I'm a fan of your books, so I've definitely been able to really dive into them, especially in some circumstances. So it sounds like your background, how you landed here, 
And the next question that always comes up is, okay, so I'm new getting into this. Do you have any advice for someone? It sounds like continual learning is, is part of that, but mm. is there any advice you'd offer someone trying to get into this industry? Well, that's a good question. You know, it's, I, I think, you know, there's no, well, you know, my sector is so narrow. Um, that's a great question though. I, I find that a lot of people, uh, they come in through the technology side. So they are web developers, software developers who may be multilingual and then kind of ease into it that way. And then there's also translators, language service professionals who have a, a strong technical background. And sometimes they, they, they're, they start off as you know, freelance translators and then they evolve into uh, uh, you know, this type of role. Um, and then there's also um, what I find is within large companies, uh, there, there is a growing, there's, there's not one um, hat, if you will, when I, when I work across a lot of companies, it tends to fall in the marketing division, the marketing side of a lot of companies. Um, and there's usually somebody or hopefully a team of people that focus on globalization of content and strategy and, and then, and then localization and sometimes and so if you can get in if you can work your way into that area you will that that is where the the people when i do my consulting that's usually who i speak to more often um, but i often find that i have to speak to everyone i have to talk and and anyone in a large company if you're in marketing you have to speak to the developers and you have to speak to because you have to make sure this is implemented and you also have to there's so much evangelism that has to happen within large large organizations in particular because once you see the the value of of usability on a global and local scale uh and you understand the issues uh, the linguistic issues and and the cultural issues that come into play when you create these global websites you then have to educate a lot of people internally who may not be aware of those issues and um, in terms of you know how does how does someone in Romania find their language when they go to your .com website and it's all in English? I mean that's job one. How do you get them to your localized website? And I, I I've done a lot of research on that. And and then once you get them to the localized website, how do you ensure that they have a positive experience and and really end to end, not just the home that page is in the local language, but how you know do you have sales support? Do you have chat? Do you have um, if you're selling uh, goods, uh, how do you manage log logistics? It, it really, that's where that never ending journey comes into play. Uh, but in terms of getting into the profession, I think if, if you can balance um, it, you know, a lot of people that I know tend to be multilingual. I'm not, I, I know I'm an, I'm a language generalist, but I'm, I'm fluent in one language and that's English, but I, I do, I have taken a lot of different language courses. And I do it really invest a lot of time in understanding how languages work. So I think if you can do that at a minimum, but if you are multilingual, you've got a leg up, I would say, because a lot of people that I interact with or that work at these companies tend to be multilingual and then also have a strong uh, background in, in marketing, usability, and then and technology. Yeah, no, some great advice. And I know it's interesting how you fell into this what I hear a lot, and this is joking, but I do hear a lot of people say, well, why can't I just copy and paste it right into Google Translate? Isn't that easy to do? Yeah. And 
it seems simple, but I know it's more complex than that. And I, I understand where you're going with, you need to educate, you need to understand that you know, every culture is going to interact differently and the tools out there can only get you so far. That's right, that's right. And you know, Google Translate is, you know, that's, that's like the tip of the iceberg um, for a whole nother discussion about machine translation. Mm -hmm. and, and that is a very disruptive technology. And I think anyone who gets into this field is gonna have to really understand how to utilize machine translation. But simply ins inserting a little Google Translate widget on your website, that is not web localization. <laughs> so you're right. I mean, that is, that could actually cause a lot of trouble for you because let's say someone self-translates your website and then purchases something. And then they send you an email in a language you have no idea what that language is. Uh, you know, you, you have to be very careful as you start to localize. And, and if you start going down this road, you know, Google Translate will support over 100 languages. You know, I often recommend companies that start, you start slow. Uh, and, and a lot of U.S. companies, their first, second language tends, tends to be Spanish for the U.S. market which is a great language to start with because there's a great, you know, um, uh, well, you've got 40, 50 million people in the U.S. who speak Spanish. Uh, then you've also often have employees who speak Spanish. Uh, so testing is, 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 you can really test it internally. Um, and you're going to learn a lot of the issues you're going to have just tackling one language that you would have tackling a lot of other languages. Um, that's so much the technical issues you'd have with, say, a, a different script like, uh, you know, Arabic, for example. But it would certainly get you, it would give you, it would get you up to speed very quickly. And I, I recommend starting slowly and and setting measurable goals. It's really important to do that, and not just, you know, hire a translation firm, translate it, and see what happens. I mean, you really need to know what is your goal. How do we measure success the same the same way you do with your English language website? You know, that's it's a it's a whole nother website. It's not a photocopy of your English site. You're creating a whole new website and you have to approach it that way. Mm -hmm. Really great advice. Thank you for joining the podcast today, John. It was an honor. Well, thank you for having me. Take care. <laughs>